Welcome back to Get Unstuck and On Target. I'm Mike O'Neill. Whether it's our team at Bench Builders working with a company or it's me coaching a CEO one-on-one, -on -one, getting leaders and companies unstuck is at the heart of everything I do. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Each week, we invite incredible guests who share their hard-won experiences of getting themselves or others unstuck back on target and moving forward. And I hope it gets you unstuck and on target as well. Joining me is Ted Konechny. Ted is the president of the East region of Arxis. Arxis offers comprehensive inspection and engineering services for builders. By eliminating risk, their team creates a smooth building process, enabling their clients to speed up the construction process without compromising quality. I wanted to spend some time with Ted because the industry that they support is an industry that it's tough under the best of circumstances, but it's particularly tough now. And what I'm most interested in is to kind of tap into Ted's background of his company is growing. And as y'all acquire and you bring companies in and employees in, lessons learned that you have had and how to do that best and that's what the conversation today is going to be all about. Ted, welcome. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm excited to be here with you. This is a great topic. Ted, tell us a little bit more about your company. I gave a brief description, but how close did I come to getting the high points about that? Very, very well done. This is a, a group of companies across the U.S. in 26 states. Hmm. We work primarily in the residential new construction space. Our top customers are probably the top publicly traded residential home builders in the United States that you'd see if you looked on any listing on the internet. Our focus areas are, there's several areas that we can influence and help build quality for those customers. Primarily, we're an engineering firm. We can do residential design work, foundations, frames, mechanical design, electrical design, plumbing design for architectural seats. We can do all of that work. And our approach is different in that we do all that work in the effort to kind of create a, a high quality code related product for that builder. But then we want to add the inspection elements to it to get our people out there to review those components and those elements and make sure that the things that we talked about doing get done. Um, and that continues throughout the Arxis company as a brand is that we attach an inspection and a verification to all the things that we recommend. Um, our field verifiers, inspectors, we have energy modeling folks who can help with energy compliance in different states where it's needed. And the big pitch, of course, uh, now is, is the Energy Star program has now uh, received the ability to, if you complete Energy Star, you can get a, a federal tax credit if you're a builder. So that's a, a big focus for builders who don't typically do that type of work are interested in our consultancy and our energy modeling and analysis to go in and find out you know, how can they comply? How can they achieve that status? And, and then and then in turn, receive those tax credits. So that is kind of a cradle to the grave of the construction of that home or cradle to the grave is probably not appropriate, but cradle to maturity of that home would be a better way to say it. But following through that whole process, design, inspection, insulation, uh, final fit and finish, code related items, certifications for tax credit and everything at the end. So that builder gets a high quality product and they've got a lot of value built in that they can give to their customers. Got you. So, Ted, you shared with me in our prior conversation a bit about your company, 
it's growing, that you are acquiring other companies and bringing it kind of under the umbrella. And it's that part of your job that really intrigues me most. And I'd like to spend most of our time on here. And that is when you're out there looking at a potential company to bring in under the umbrella, what goes with that is the people side. And as terms of kind of where you are, you're already surfacing an industry that really has been hit hard. We're recording this podcast in late summer. And, you know, I think the building trade, it's just, it's just really, really tough dealing with a lot of different things. In what ways has that kind of affected y'all's strategy of growing? Yeah, it, it has certainly been that way. Now, the construction industry has historically always had challenging getting qualified help art. We are very closely related to that industry. And so we're not a lot different. In terms of the companies that we bring in, we do look for companies that fit our our culture and our values. We're, we're looking for people who like to do it right. We're looking for qualified, intelligent people. And we want to retain the best talent and continue to recruit the best talent. So we're always on the lookout for those things. And some of the recent integrations we've done have been really great businesses localized to the regions. And those great businesses have really great people in them. Those people then are attached to that kind of smaller culture. So all of those have been great choices. All of those have brought us really high quality talent. The challenge then is, is that now we've got a lot of talented people and we have to be able to align them around our core values of perform, align them around our processes and get them lined up on how we execute on our deliverables that we we have for our board and for our company intention. So that is in and of itself getting stuck in the, hey, why don't they understand what we're doing, right? So you go to the you go to the fundamental easy things. Well, we just need to train them on our methods. We just need to train them. A lot of managers in the world today have lost a lot of steps or have or have gaps in training. You know, they say, well, I'm going to train him. I'm going to show him what we do, and then he should know how to do it, right? You know, show one, teach one, do one is how we try to approach that, you know, that gets you the training completed and you start to engage with teams. So our structure is by market, we've got an area manager and he has an inspection team that's with him. That team has to achieve certain qualifications. Our company has an excellent internal training department where we can get a new hire that comes in and and we can line them up on that training group. That training group then can get that person through certification, prepare them for the day-to-day fundamentals of the job. That local manager can say, hey, here's how your day is going to look as an inspector for us and whatever market it might be. So you get the mechanics of that down. We're very, very good at that. Then it's a matter of simultaneously kind of engaging the manager and the person, the candidate, around the the passion for the job itself, which is, you know, we want to go out, we want to look at buildings, we want to communicate with our builder customers, and we want to solve problems, review, and verify, you know, deficiencies. How do we improve quality? How do we add value? How do we perform for that customer? Those are all things that we try to instill in our everyday discussions to create the velocity around some of us in the senior leadership team. We understand it very well. And we think, man, this is this is all we have to do. And we forget that there's a there's an emotional connection that has to happen with your employees. 
not the one where you say, hey, we're one big family, because I think that's a little bit disingenuous, but the one that says, hey, I understand you're here with us and we've promised you a career path. And we've shown you a way for your earnings that you that you feel like is good. We've got certifications we can give you and all of that and, and help people progress in a company to get their goals achieved, whatever that might be. Where those connections get lost is where we're trying to put the people together, where we're trying to put the personalities together, where we're trying to plug in the communications together. We have so many different walks of life represented in the construction industry anymore. I mean, you know, there was a time quite a while ago, frankly, when I was in the construction business and, you know, my managers and my operators of a construction business on the East Coast were not a lot older than me. They were pretty young, but they had some good experience. And the guys over them had a little bit more age. They had pretty good experience. And so you can notice this cascade of understanding about the processes that if you engaged and you watched it happen, it, it really made sense. It became a kind of a progression into, okay, this is the job and this feeds this guy's role and that feeds that guy's role. That's becoming harder, I think, for us to do today, you know, given the things that we've endured the last three years, let's say, you know, let's just say since what we would co conclude the end of our, our pandemic crisis and we'd say, hey, now we're done with that. Now what? That fundamentally changed things. It gives people different concerns that we used to have. They have different needs that we used to have, you know, working from home. Man, we would have never thought of that five, six years ago. Wouldn't have been a discussion point. We really would have never even considered those things. Our teams primarily operate independently in the field. So they're alone a lot. They get up, feed the dogs, take the kids to school, potentially breakfast with the wife, whatever it is. And then they're out on the road in the vehicle to go to their first set of inspections. Our inspectors will carry on the lightest of days, probably six or seven inspections. The longest of days would be, I don't know, some up to 12. Well, help me understand something, Ted. If the nature of the work, let's, and we're talking right now about the inspections, is they have to be folks who know their stuff. You're okay. going to reinforce it with high quality technical training. But the nature of the work strikes me is you need people who have the self-discipline. Mm -hmm. to go do what needs to be done. How do you screen for that? That's a, it's a great question. We spend a lot of time trying to train managers around the tactics and processes for that. What I tell my folks is, you know, try to get to know them on a relatively loose level. Is this a guy you want to kind of hang out with? Is this a person who kind of seems like you seem? Our, our interview process is typically very relaxed. Where we can, if we're in market, we try to meet them out face-to-face -face mm -hmm. because of the fact that we're remote. We're not bringing people into an office. And we try to engage them uh, in experience level. Obviously, you know, we're going to try to find someone who looks like someone we would want, which is a previous construction experience, industry experience, maybe distribution experience, maybe previous energy testing experience with another company, and try to create those shared connections. And say, hey, Will, we we do this, and I saw you did that, and then it really boils down to attitude. You know, if they feel engaged about it, you talk about the things that you know are risks to the job, loneliness, you know, conflict management with our customers. You know, the builders get upset, and you're out there by yourself. And how do you handle yourself? How can you you know carry yourself? All of those transactions of value for us happen one on one in the field. So it's mm. crucial that we have a person that we feel like, hey, you know what? I like Mike. Mike is he's responsive. He has good habits that I've noticed. He's interested and passionate about this work. 
he has some ideas for how to contribute to our processes. In a word, I guess we 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 kind of burn it down to is this the kind of guy you'd like to sit down and have a have a beer with? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yeah, I would do that with him, then that's that tells you that you need to start moving into the next layer of qualification for that person. You mentioned through acquisitions, we've talked about just bringing employees and bring them up to speed, but you also are acquiring other companies, companies mm-hmm. that might have cultures that are different. If you were to describe what type of culture have you found most difficult to try to integrate into your culture? What, how would you how would you describe what have you found doesn't marry well with the culture? My personal experience is we've had pretty good luck with blending of cultures because our selection process and that acquisition is related to hey, are the services lined up. So you sort of kind of go in knowing, hey, I think it's going to be okay. But in some cases, instances outside of our region where we've talked to someone, they're they're geographical, they're regional, and they're and they're sometimes driven by the local municipal code base or the, the building attitude of that sector of the country. So that's interesting. Everyone wants to pick on California, and I'm not going to do that. So if California listeners out there raise an eyebrow, fear not. <laughs> I am simply saying that we all know that Southern California is a very different place than Columbia, South Carolina. If you've been to either one or neither one, trust me, they're just very different movements. So that, that cultural difference is rooted in, hey, this state has more oppressive requirements for certification of a structure. They have a different way to certify and seal documents and deliver them to the customer. They have a they have a different attitude or approach to this work product or this deliverable. And so therein lies the issue. It's not so much the people, it's more the, their environment and their geography that they're located in where it might present a challenge. Other parts of the country have just got you know, we joke all the time in the company in the north, they have this thing called snow. Now, <laughs> I grew up there in that part of the country. I was born in South Dakota and I was raised, you know, born in southwest Minnesota, raised in South Dakota. Since moving, I don't shovel snow anymore. I haven't hardly seen any for I don't know how many years. So we don't worry about snow days. We don't worry about trying to get around. You know, that's not an issue up there. It's a it's the only issue, at, you know, for a good half of the year. So that is an example is, is that, hey, this is just a market operating difference that we have to focus in on and understand. And our company based in Texas and primarily operating, you know, again, lots of states, but primarily in the lower 48, the smile states, we're up into Seattle, Washington, and we're in Utah, and we're in Minnesota, and we're in some of those places. But we have to remember that, hey, okay, well, you know, heating dominated climates in the north is important. So we have to think about that differently. If we're in, in Texas, we worry about cooling dominated climates. So our building science and our application and our knowledge of that subject has to be, you know, we have to think about it being different. So when we say, hey, this is how we do it here, they say, well, we don't do it that way here. And so I think as a leader manager that is looking to get that done, you really have to stop and listen. Practice active listening. Ask questions. Be curious. I'm sure everyone has seen the famous quote from Ted Lasso's show. You know, be curious. Ask questions. Don't make assumptions of things. That is something that we talk about a lot in my region. It is amazing to me what you can learn if you just continue to ask questions and resist the urge to make a judgment. So if you're Mm -hmm. questioning a candidate or a company or a process, somebody somewhere will unfold the part where it says, this is why we do this. And then you can say, now that I know that this is the thing that you have to do because you guys think that's important, 
let me show you the part that I do that is aligned with that and that we can build that common ground. I think that's one of the small little areas where lights start to come on. You know, folks start to realize, you know, oh, this is going to be okay. Oh, this guy is like us. Oh, he does understand this review process or this approach that I'm going to take to this because we found alignment. Yes. You know, you use the term be curious. Ted Lasso was out and a lot of people said, Mike, you got to watch Ted Lasso. And I, and when I sat down, I couldn't stop it. It was, there's so much packed into those episodes, but you're the president of an entire part of the country. And we've been talking about, you know, how do you integrate businesses you've acquired, the people who come in, in recognition of the work is diverse, you're spread geographically and you're Mm -hmm. trying to instill be curious and you use the word active listening you've got a lot of people who report into your organization how do you find is the best way to instill that curiosity in the people who report to you and they the people report to them what has worked best for you a good question, Mike. I think continued repeated conversations around the question for me have been working. So I've been out here a little over two years building this region in terms of creating a footprint that looks just like the other regions using our business processes. And where we have partners join us and we bring in new pieces to the business or we bring in a new service to that business, there's this automatic suspicion from folks who kind of were like, well, you know, I'm not sure how it'll be here. I remember when we did you know, in Florida, those guys see this podcast, they'll find this funny, but they were very concerned about, hey, my life is this way. I have these things that I like. I am concerned you're going to change that right. because this is new. And that's mm-hmm. that's human nature. We see change. Things are not going to be the same as they were. I might not like it. I was getting pretty comfortable. So Actively listening to the to the person, to the people that you're bringing into your organization, and then having them be be heard and just let them say what they're concerned about, and then addressing addressing it point by point. But for my managers that are internal that might be reaching out or getting in new people, a lot of times the the thing that I hear the most from my managers is, "Well, I heard this person say this to this person, and I'm concerned that this is what this person is feeling and doing or thinking." And I, and, I, and I encourage everyone as best I can to say, man, then you should give that guy a call. You should yeah. say, I feel like this is what's happening and let give them a chance to clarify. Asking those questions. Hey, I, I heard that you're upset about the equipment you got potentially. What's wrong with that equipment? Well, this, that. Asking those questions, going through those progressions with that person One, creates an engagement that this person cares about my concern. Two, it gives you tons of data about what the real issue is. And that real issue might be something tactical that you need to get corrected. You know, might have a piece of bad equipment or you might have an issue that's legitimate. And so rather than just quoting the, here's what the rule says, or here's what we're going to do. There's tons of great books out lately about military leaders executing change in their organization through all these different processes. And what I feel like many of them boil down to is you have to have a genuine concern and then you have to ask the questions and you have to run it kind of to, to the end of its course. And then you have to decide to take action on those questions and answers. And once you've executed that action, you're checking it with that person to say, hey, I, I get this, I get that, but we're going to do this. Are you good with that? 
And typically, once a person feels like they've gone through all of the things that they're concerned about, they feel heard, then they're ready to partner with you to execute on that strategy. And then we build on conversations around velocity, about how we're going to get there, what we have to go do. Then they become more engaged to go on the ride with you to push forward on things. Ted, you and I have had a chance to speak, and you know that I gravitate towards those companies that are growing, but because of that growth, might be experiencing growing pains. Mm -hmm. Growing pains come in different ways. More often, it gets described to me as people problems. That is a kind of a catch-all phrase. But you are leading a division for a growing company. What have you found is the biggest challenge to sustained growth? Certainly personal accountability. Hmm. And I'm not talking about making your better tie in your shoes. I mean, <laughs> being able to show up and participate around the issue, right? We we, we talk in our group every week on our senior teams. All of our individual markets have their managers in, this, in the senior team leadership talking about topics. We've formed a very specific set of things that we want to discuss. And then we have an open forum for inspectors where if they have issues, so if they have a builder that has a, you know, they are struggling with something, that they bring that issue up, that we address that issue, and we let them know that we're going to get that solved. But the accountability is, is, hey, if you bring it here to us, we have to solve it. We have to close that issue. And with my team that I try hard to do, and I hope someday that I'll be able to look back and feel like this was successful, is, is hey, you can help too. It isn't a top-down, it's not a strange chain of command. We all know what we have to do to sustain the growth and provide you know, answers to the directives. We all know what needs to be done to serve the customer. We all know what a positive output looks like when those interactions occur. We all know what we want it to show, you know, end up like. And we all can make an impact on that. We all can do the right thing in the little things. And it's, this may seem silly, Mike, but it's, you know, you show up in a clean shirt, you're tucked in, you're squared away, you're getting attention paid. That's the very least we can do. And as we go up the chain, quick responses to emails, providing the information that was requested. And we try to celebrate people who have taken on initiative and, and just demonstrated personal accountability. You said, we're going to do that. I got that done. He's, he was good with that. We've got that finished. That accountability, delegation, accountability, and owning it and taking it forward creates what I talk about all the time, which is velocity. A manager of managers of teams of other folks and resources gets too broad at the base. If you want to pick up velocity in your world, more of you have to get on the shovel. More of you have to know where the dirt's going to go. More of you have to know that if all of us get our hands on this thing or work through this issue quickly, then we'll start to pick up some speed. Then growth becomes much easier to accomplish in that you all have confidence in your teams executing on the goals. I'm so glad you went back because I was going to follow up. I don't normally keep up, but you'd mentioned the word velocity at least three times. And now I have a better understanding of what you mean by that. I love the illustration of more hands on the shovel. It's visual, but it makes sense. But let me go back to something you said a moment ago to make sure I did hear that correctly. And that is, it's one thing to talk about it, but what you're trying to do is see that this cascades through your leadership team by modeling it. Right. Right. And 
and, and so that you're basically saying this is the expectation. If this is what you want someone who reports to you to do, you need to be clear. You need to effectively model it. And you said something that caught my attention is when they do and when progress is made, you recognize when that actually happens. Do you find that that oftentimes can get pushed aside in just the pace of every day? We forget to recognize when things go right. Yeah, absolutely. In my years of previous consulting, you know, uh, clarity creates confidence, chaos and con creates confusion. Mm -hmm. We have to have clear communication channels. We have to know that we won. And when we win, we need to say that was a win. Good mm -hmm. job. Way mm -hmm. to get that done. When we agonized around a process that we were trying to sort out, we were kicking it back and forth. And all of a sudden, the smoke clears and we have a diamond. We need to recognize that. Velocity is important in that people then feel like they've made their contribution. And if they can see if everyone makes a small contribution and that results in a project moving at a certain distance and it starts to pick up some speed, then you have enthusiastic folks who want to keep that thing moving. You know, that is where we try to stay focused on that accountability piece. You can help Mike, you can get this going. Here's your piece of that pie. Once you bring in that part and you add it to the, to the sum of the total and we, and we start to get wins, if you will, Another consultant told me once one day, he says, you got to celebrate wins every day. Even if you don't think you can find any, if you got up and put the right shoe on the correct foot, that's a win. Count <laughs> those up. You know, we, we want to do that in an organization because there are so many challenges to the work. It's a technical complex work. It's a code related work. It's there's, there's plenty of conflict in the field, but if we can execute on those deliverables, if we can get things done for the customers and they feel value in our efforts, then we want to go do it again. Then we want to get it done tomorrow. Then we're going to do some more next week. Then we're going to expand this service to a bigger project on the following week. And people do want to move. They do want to be unstuck. They do want to accomplish things. My, one of my personal mantras is, it is very important what we leave behind in this world. Not in terms of statues or, or, or podcasts or news articles. It is very important that the people behind us pick up good habits and that they can carry that good habit. And so that if I'm not here tomorrow for whatever non-morbid reason, they can say, hey, this is how we used to do it. This is our habit. This is how we show up. And this is then kind of reinstituting good work with our people and giving them a way to say, hey, yeah, I, I'm going to do that. I'll answer quickly. I'll sort that out. I'll close that loop. I'll get that velocity on that project. Because I think somebody who's worked hard all day and provided lots of velocity and answers comes home rested and confident that they accomplished some stuff. Maybe it wasn't everything you wanted. Maybe we didn't get all the way to the goal line. But man, most days, if you can kick the extra point, that's a good day. We have had a pretty far ranging conversation, but this is an unscripted conversation, as you know, as our mm -hmm. regular listeners know. As you reflect on what you've shared today, what do you want to be those takeaways? I think I would like people to take away with the idea of being curious, asking questions, engaging with your folks on, on that personal level, even if for only a little while, right? We got to check in with our folks. We got to see how the day is going and that we should be clear with our objectives for that person and for that day. We should, we should be very, very clear. So they're confident what they've got to go do and be mindful of 
those efforts for your people, when that win occurs and celebrating that victory, that celebration, that clarity, that understanding, and those wins every day, I think will result in noticeable velocity in your teams. You'll be able to move forward quickly. You'll see them starting to gel together. You'll see them starting to align around things that you're talking about. Most of all, if they see that you are passionate and driven, if they see you are genuine and honest in those efforts, if that all happens, I think those are the ways to help move our people in a more positive direction, get more done and feel better about doing it. Mm, Well done in terms of recap. You know, folks who are listening say, I want to learn more about Ted, what's the best way for them to link up with you? Well, you said at LinkedIn, I spend a lot of time on there reading. I get a lot of knowledge and information from people like you and and people in the industry sectors, and there's always Mm -hmm. plenty on there. You can always find me on there. If you can see how my name is spelled, you're open to find me on there and 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 reach out with anything anybody would want to talk. Spell your name for those who who heard me pronounce it, but I want to make sure that they can see it. Yeah, it's a killer. So I was in fourth grade before I could spell it myself. So don't feel <laughs> bad if you can't get it right the first time. Konechny, K-O-N-E-C-H-N-E. And as my mother would say, it's phonetic. It's Ko-Nech-N-E-C-H-N-E. The old bohemian name. It's my father's fault. Well, Ted, I'm delighted you joined us. This has been a real treat. It's been great to be here, Mike. I appreciate the time. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. For even more insights about getting unstuck and moving your business forward, you can subscribe to this podcast by going to unstuck.show. But while you're there, you can also sign up for our weekly management newsletter called The Bottom Line. So if you're losing employees that you want to keep, or if you're stuck in the weeds of the day-to-day and you're failing to execute on your long-term strategy, let's talk, head over to bench-builders.com to schedule a call. So I want to thank you again for joining us. And I hope you have picked up on some quick wins from Ted. They'll help you get unstuck and on target.